When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is February 29th, 2020. Lethal Leap Year? No. AEW resolution, uh, Revolution tonight on pay-per-view. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. Matt Morgan should be coming along here in a bit. Uh, here to talk about AEW's first pay-per-view of the new decade. Raj, what'd you think tonight? For a pay-per-view, we paid 50 bucks a pop for. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, thought it was a great show. Um, I don't think it... It was quite as good as some of the past ones, but uh, man, I thought Moxley winning the title was great. Uh, that was a fun match. It's not like a match of the year kind of thing. Um, the Omega and and Page versus Young Bam, Young Bucks match was, you know, really good. I I'm gonna hate this till the day I die, but kicking out of gigantic moves at two, I just think it just kills those moves. Mm. Um, but outside of that, because you don't need to do that, and you still have an equally good match, but. I thought it was uh, I thought it was awesome, and uh, yeah, I, Cody versus MJF. I could not get over that neck tattoo. Cody's neck tattoo, biggest heel in the business. Oh my gosh, it was. Uh, ooh, ooh. I don't. I, I'm not one to ink shame, but ooh. I know yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's an easy target though, right? It's like literally, he literally painted a target on his neck to draw attention. It could not be more prominent. And we were talking about this online. Uh, you'll get some like Corey Graves. They run out of space to get a neck tattoo. It all sort of blends. Cody has got what one other tattoo, the, the dream one. I mean, this is uh very, this stands out quite a bit. <laughs> and it's real. That's the I know, crazy. It's real. Part. Yeah. A lot of people are like, Oh my God, please let that be fake. And it's not fake. It's a real tattoo. So Cody chose that. Uh, you know, Undertaker had that neck tattoo of Sarah, his uh, ex-wife, that he tattooed on his neck. And it took a long time. It took a bunch of different procedures to get rid of it. So, uh, well, we were talking about that, right? We we're talking about that on Twitter. It's like, we shouldn't ink shame. In fact, I made a donation tonight <laughs> to Homeboy Industries. They help uh, former gang members get prominent face and neck tattoos removed that are holding them back in life. I don't want to uh, cast judgment and be like, oh, we should you know, be prejudiced about it. Uh, anyone with, with uh, prominent tattoos, but with Cody, it just does really stand out and draw the eye. Yeah, I couldn't pay attention to that. Every time they were doing something, I'd see that tattoo yeah man um brandy god bless her heart i mean she must have been cool with it <laughs> would, your wife, let you do that? <laughs> would your wife let you do that rush Fuck no <laughs> yeah, seriously. like i think my wife would leave me if i insisted upon doing that I, it would cause a strain seriously uh, yeah it would and then i'd have to figure out how to get back to where we were <laughs> Uh, but it'd I always guess, be like, oh, well, you know, every argument then would be like, how can I trust you when that time you went and you got that <laughs> shit on your neck? <laughs> Ryback would be like, I don't think you should be on the podcast. Yeah, Ryback, right all of a sudden. I know yeah, it's audio. Sorry, Rajback's but... over. By the way, the first couple minutes of uh, this segment with Ryback this week, we're discussing the Rajback stuff. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, everyone tune into Ryback's podcast for that. You saw yeah. the art today that uh, 
one of our fans made? I did not. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull that up. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, something else, man. Something else, indeed. Uh, we've we've got the best fans, seriously, and, and good on Ryback for every sense of humor because he gets tweeted about this. I'm sure he's like, "What in the hell are people talking about all the time with this?" Yeah, like, what is this? Uh, but yeah, tonight was uh, tonight was something. I mean, this was a very enjoyable pay per view from start to finish. I feel like there were a lot of fantastic matches. There were a few things that maybe dipped a little bit with the crowd. You could feel like the energy uh, took a little bit of a dive, but for the most part, I have to say that like this was solid. Now, that being said, I don't know about $50 solid, but that's simply because, I mean, how many entertainment experiences would you quantify in life? I mean, a day at Disneyland, sure, you spend a lot to go there, but uh, even most movies, I'm not sure I'd pay $50 to watch. Yeah, I mean, the Conor McGregor fight, which is a big... Sp- you know, which is a big deal. It's like 70. So, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It is uh, the pay-per-view thing. TV, everything in general is, is, you know, getting flip flipped around, uh, changing, uh, huge. So we'll see. I mean, I think AEW at some point, the smart money is going to be to move to one of these streaming services. You know, WWE might be going to ESPN plus. Yeah. If you could make a deal with, you know, one of these guys, because HBO Max going to be Time Warners. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so here we go. Uh, Colin Detroit <laughs> oh, did artwork for Rajback versus the Jew print with uh, Justin LaVar in the middle with the red red cap and all. So I'm the small guy. Well, you're compared to uh, Ryback. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like that he's got me wearing blue. I appreciate it. So it's at Colin Detroit who did that. Thank you so much <laughs> for putting together that artwork. Um, uh, Gary S. with the super chat, nine ninety nine. Thanks, Gary. Uh, yeah, yes, nine ninety nine. Once a beloved price point, one that soon perhaps will be going away. Uh, mm-hmm. Gary S. saying a terrible job by BR Live. Got home, wanted to pay for the show. Went on the BR Live app, saw that Mox was winning the title. Congrats, AEW. You lost my money. Uh, it is interesting. I saw a lot of people, I don't know if you saw this, who were talking about doing a late buy to catch up or like DVR, uh, not watching it live. So they don't, so I guess they don't have the ability to start from the beginning not start from live. Yeah. Which is weird in this on demand world that we live in. A BR live is not exactly a hotbed for, um, streaming. So I can see like, they're not, you know, up to, you know, up to that level yet. I mean, that is a pretty... I don't know if it's an advanced feature, but you you basically have um, DVR capabilities once you're doing that. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Uh, but, and then I am air with the super chat saying AT&T coming off at the main event. So mad ruined it. Even at wow. the end when Moxley was walking through the crowd, the music cue. I mean, there's, I still think AEW, now granted they've only been doing these for less than a year, but it, the production is still not perfect. It's not perfect, but I mean, I was watching the show tonight. I thought, I mean, if AT&T cut them off, that wasn't a, a BR Live thing. Because BR Live, it, I mean, it, it cut off for a minute when Moxie was celebrating and went back to a celebration. Then it said, like, good night, AEW fans or whatever. But uh, I thought I thought the production was pretty damn good. All in all, I really enjoyed uh, the pay-per-view. We're going to talk about We're going to go segment by segment, match by match. But first, want to give some love to the sponsor of this episode, Bluetooth, Bluetooth.com. Oh, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Raj, think about that. Think about when you were a young man and you had the energy of a Sammy Guevara, of a Darby Allen. 
that. Now those, you're in the good times. The, now you're in the Dustin Rhodes phase of your career. Yeah, she's looking damn good. Yeah, he is, but Maybe still. Maybe it is. Maybe it's because of this. Maybe it could be. It could be. Uh, you know, the Blue Chew. Oh, back in the day, you were a soldier of love. Now you're you're retired, but you need to re-enlist. Your nation, your country needs you, or at least your significant other does. Uh, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, the stuff that works the scientifically proven way to get that extra confidence, that extra performance, uh, enhance your performance, increase it, with Blue Chew, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you could be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Talk about being on demand. Oh, God, that's the perfect, perfect analogy for it. Because you think about the idea. We're like, hey, baby, uh, I'm, I'm with you in spirit, but we got to wait an hour for uh, the window of time. No, chew the Blue Chew. Put on some music, lower the lights. 10, 15 minutes later, you're good to go, baby. So if you can enhance your performance, use that confidence where it counts. Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to make it go time anytime. It is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They are made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. The awkwardness ends with hearing me talk about this. Uh, and after that, Blue Skies, Blue Chew... Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WINC. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WINC to try it free. Raj, uh, you've, you've had a little free time, you know, n- uh, not doing the podcast as much. Uh, you've been partaking in the Blue Chew, having oh, some special absolutely. date nights. Absolutely. Well, you know, make it a little extra special. Why, uh, why settle for the ordinary when you could go for the extraordinary? So, absolutely, man. Um you know, even if even if you're not, uh, even if your equipment is working fine, you just want to take it to the next level. Uh, Blue Chew, it, it takes you there. I mean, we we saw Glenn the one time you you tried one on the podcast, and you looked like you were about to burst. Well, in, a, in the best <laughs> way possible. Nate, it's really like a weird, sick joke of nature that when you're young and it, you're most virile. You have the most energy. Like nobody is interested in your business. Mm-hmm. Or getting down with you, and then you get older, you get confidence, you get in a loving relationship. You have a special uh, male or female that is very interested in what you've got going on, and then nature says, "Aha, not that simple anymore." Blue Chew is going to help you get that back. It's going to going to give you that energy. And again, this is FDA approved active ingredients. This is science. This isn't herbal. This isn't the crap you buy at the gas station. Go to bluechew.com. Use our promo code WINC to try it free. And uh, I look forward to WrestleMania weekend when we do our meetup, uh, getting you know the awkward uh, first-person testimonials that yeah, I often get from our listeners about Blue Chew. So there's... you don't need to bring photos. But no photos. I appreciated it, Starcast, when one of our listeners, significant others, I believe it was his wife, thanked me. Said yeah. thank you for introducing him to Blue Chew. It has really helped our relationship. <laughs> And all I could say to that was, well, well, ma'am, you're welcome. I'm just doing my duty. Uh, making lives better. That's that's what we aim to do here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So, bluechew.com, try it free, promo code W-I-N-C at checkout. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, also go to facebook.com slash Wrestling Inc. RSVP for Rick's On the River coming up Friday, the Friday before Mania. Yeah. I meet up in Tampa. Like 200 people are going to this. Uh, I think it's even more than now. It's like wow. uh, 240 now or two. Yeah, it's like 220, something like that. So uh, get your name on there. Uh, so that way you're, you're, you're guaranteed a spot. Um, so, yeah, definitely get on there. 
going to be a good time. Uh, so let's start talking about AEW Revolution tonight. The pre-show we had. And guys, sorry that Matt's not here. He will be back on uh, this Monday. Yes. And we will get uh, more of his thoughts. I'm sure. I'm sure he will uh, still be high on AEW Revolution. Uh, SEU versus the Dark Order tonight. Match was fine, but this was really notable about the Exalted One, right? The mystery of who was in charge and what happened after the Dark Order won this match via pinfall. Uh, first, uh, the Minions came out and attacked SEU after the Dark Order got that win uh, with Grayson getting the pin on Scorpio Sky. Uh, Colt Cabana's music hit which was a nice, completely unexpected surprise. He ran out and helped uh, SEU. And then we saw what we thought was the Exalted One, a hooded figure coming out, but it was really Christopher Daniels out there to help SEU as well. So Matt Hardy's contract, here we are. It's after midnight East Coast time. Do you think Wednesday on Dynamite, Matt Hardy shows up with the Dark Order? Um, If, if I was Matt Hardy, I'd take my time, you know, take in all the offers because theoretically in theory he shouldn't have any offers yet now is when he can be able to start negotiating or tomorrow um i believe it's up march you know i never know if it's march 1st that means april 30th i mean february 29th at 11 59 p.m or is that march 1st at 11 59 i actually should that you should send that to nick hausman there in the media scrum saying just tony khan it is now after midnight on the east coast Mm-hmm. You're free and clear. Are you sending an offer to Matt Hardy? <laughs> he would. He wouldn't answer that, regardless. But <laughs> but it's fair game now. Phil yeah. Phil um, uh, with the seven dollars super chat saying, "I worked late, missed the show, wanted to watch without spoilers, but couldn't resist not watching the podcast." And yes, saying even without Matt making it tonight, this is still the best podcast hey. ever. Thank, well, thank you, you, Phil Phil. Yeah. We do our best. Uh, <laughs> Matt Morgan is the exalted one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's got to show up in a hood on monday night um i what did you think i mean the match i think we can agree that it was good but the mystery is the reason we were in on this did you like how they sort of swerved and trolled the audience a little bit with the surprises Eh, i i you know it felt very uh felt very indie indie i guess i don't know i this didn't do much for me i the match was fine the dark order stuff is not my cup of tea it's the stuff if i had friends over for watching wrestling i would tell them to come after the pre-show if i knew that they were going to be on the pre-show so but those video packages i would put the majority of those video teasers up there i would put that up with anything to be like okay this is kind of cool yeah michael edwards is asking what i'm drinking i have some sauvignon blanc so if you're good good uh good pick yeah <laughs> uh I'm, I'm just drinking water out of a cup i stole yeah. from pizza hut in 1987 okay. um no pizza hut it was the red cups. I don't even know. Right. right? Pizza was the red cups, yeah, they right? Had they the had Coca-Cola. Cups. Yes. This yeah. is blue. This is Pepsi. You can order these on Amazon, by the way, people are always like, where do you get these retro cups? They sell them on Amazon. They're fantastic. Yeah, so so Cole, Cole Cabana, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I've always, always found like Colt Cabana would be a real asset on the mic, you know, in a commentator role or something like that. Um, so yeah, we'll see them going. We'll see what they do with them. But well, and this, definitely. Is he signed? I guess that's the question. We'll probably find out tonight in the scrum, or was this a one-off uh, appearance in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, they've shown that they'll use wrestlers like Jeff Cobb, who are yeah, who they don't have signed uh, under a long-term deal. So, 
It's very possible, but Cole Cabana did leave ROH, so he's a free agent. So I could totally see him wanting to, you know, sign a sign a deal with AEW. No, he is uh, he is fantastic. Um, what did you think of this promo before the pay per view started with uh, Luchasaurus running down the matches they were interested oh in tonight? This was this was god awful. This was, uh, you know, I look at Luchasaurus, I'm like, this guy's a, a can't miss. You know, this guy's a superstar. And then I hear that promo, it's like, oh, I can't see why they cut him in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, I thought it was, I. What do you think? I thought it was terrible. I like the gimmick of having them ringside. I thought that was kind of like a fun thing to do but i mean it's just it's tough to take them seriously as like the number one tag team contenders or as like a top level talent the way they use them i hate to say that part of that is marco's stunt i feel like he's just got sort of a goofiness to him whereas luchasaurus i mean look already the dinosaur mask gimmick is a tough one to have taken taken seriously when you but start works. your promo saying for 65 million years. What? He believes the gimmick. Chris yeah. Statlander genuinely believes she's an alien. At least how she and presents it's cringe. It. it sucks. I know. Um, it's it's tough. But with Marco, it just, that's the part for me where it strains believability. Because he commit Luchasaurus at least commits to it. Jack oh. Perry is such a good looking kid. Luchasaurus shouldn't act like he was he's a dinosaur first off you know cut your promos do whatever but don't you instantly lose you know a lot of credibility with that I, I agree with you with Marco Stunt I think there is something you could do with him he does have a certain uh, charisma um, this isn't my cup of tea I think Jungle Boy I think he's a he's a star they just need to find the right role for him Luchasaurus too this sucked though yeah, uh, Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. This match really got it going right from the get-go. Uh, Dustin coming out wearing the shirt, I'm here to fight Jericho's bitch. A uh, little controversial with him kissing Hager's wife uh, in a non-consensual fashion, uh, which to me at first was, oh, that's a classic Goldust move, but Goldust was not big on consent. Uh, maybe in this day and age, I see where it riles some people up. I mean, this is professional wrestling. She didn't know that was happening. It was presented as non-consensual, but it was an act. Yeah, I mean, this used to this kind of stuff used to happen all the time. Um, but yeah, in, in today's day and age, I was I was shocked that they did it. I mean, I'm so used to it in wrestling that if it was ten years ago, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But you know, in today's day and age, it was uh, it was surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of the she agreed things. to it. It was yeah. all. I but... get it. Bad optics. I think. Would yeah, be I mean, it, it, just being able to walk up to a woman and just kiss them is not uh, doesn't apply anymore. You know what? There was a uh, poll which just shocked me. This is I've, I've been married for you know forever. <laughs> I've been with my wife for twenty five years now. Um, you know, since we started dating. But nowadays, if the majority of people can, uh, the majority of young people consider it harassment if you ask them for a drink. Like the old, hmm. uh, do you mind if I buy you a drink is now considered to be inappropriate by the majority of young people. So that is interesting. It is a different time. Things have, things have, I don't want to say they've changed because that makes it sound old. I want to say things have evolved and I respect that things have evolved. And I think it's good that we're having more of a dialogue about these things. Uh, so, yes, this was old school gold dust in a way, mm -hmm. but perhaps. Again, we've talked about this. A lot of the attitude error stuff really doesn't play well in today's environment. 
And this seemed like a little bit of a misstep given how AEW does present themselves as such a woke company overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, it's, it's something that's been done forever, but it does, uh, it does feel out of place in, in today's day and age, but I thought the match itself was fine. Um, you know, Dustin, Dustin Rhodes looks incredible. I, I don't know. I don't know what's been motivating him, but he is just, you know, with the cardio he's been doing, he looks, uh, looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. He moves great. Uh, he's, he's just great. Uh, I mean, he's kind of one of those unsung inspirational hero. I don't know. Maybe heroes is a, a stretch, but you know, one of those uh, inspirational stories in wrestling and uh, to be able to reinvent himself time and time again. And here he is still on pay-per-view, uh, you know, decades and decades later, I remember watching him in 89, you know, in angle in WWF with the million dollar man, uh, when million dollar man was feeding with dusty Rhodes and the sun got involved. And here he is all those years later, and he's still putting on awesome matches on pay-per-view. So it's, it's yeah. awesome. And this was competitive tonight. I mean, we predicted last night, this might be a squash for Hager. Um, but this looked like it could go either way right up until the end. Yeah, I mean, common sense is like Hager oh, has yeah. to win. But yeah, I mean, it didn't make Dustin look bad. It wasn't a squash by any means. So I thought I thought they did this perfect. In fact, I'm going to go on a limb and say they made Dustin look better than Dustin needs to look. Dustin could have been squash, and I don't think that would have hurt him in the long term. Yeah, I agree. But I also think if his role is kind of the the big veteran who can still kick ass, you probably don't want to squash him just yet. So, you know, a semi-competitive, but Jake Hager still looked good. It didn't, he, Jake Hager didn't need to cheat to win or anything like that. Yeah. I thought it worked. Joey Adorjan saying, I thought the match was a little long. I agree I with that, that yeah, for the I opening. Um, Cause I felt like the crowd even fatigued a little bit towards the end. It is funny though, man. I mean, I know we're going to talk about Moxley in the year he's had, but imagine three years ago, how the same AEW crowd, like the biggest AEW marks would have just scoffed at the idea of Jack Swagger versus Goldust. Why is this even on a pay-per-view? And tonight, yeah. here it is. Everyone is just wrapped with attention, very into the match, very invested. Just goes to show, man, this is why I always say it's not the talent's fault. I'm talking about WWE. It has nothing to do with the talent. It's 100% creative. It could be. Then you see the Luchasaurus promo. So on his own. If that's own the vices. worst thing in the entire <laughs> company, Raj, really? Have you been, see, you've been missing out, man. Like you're not watching SmackDown live every Friday, not oh, able I, to fast I, forward. I watched it last night. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I'll yeah. take the Luchasaurus promo over the lower points of Raw and SmackDown. Um, man. So Hager, uh, yeah, he just choked him out. Like in a standing arm triangle. Like it was a, Really brutal looking uh, finish to the match. This was good, but yeah, yeah a little and bit. This long. was a movie that he uses in his Bellator fights that he's won with. So I, I like that they they threw that in that he uses you know use that same move that puts out people legitimately in in fights. Yeah, and after that, let's talk Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Man, this the crowd was live. I almost think this should have gone on first. This was awesome. Yeah, like such such superstars, both these kids. Yeah, I mean, you just see like 
a ton of potential. If these guys can stay healthy, I mean, Darby Allen, some of the stuff he does is just so crazy that I do worry about that. Oh, I don't mean this pejoratively. If you, if I had to bet current wrestlers that will die in the ring. No, let's not go there. No, no, no. I'm just, I mean, no, I'm (laughs) saying of, of like, not due to like negligence or tragedy. I'm saying like, just because they like push themselves into an unsafe territory, Darby Allen gives off that vibe that he is the most likely to do something that is just going to have permanent repercussions. That kid is nuts, but that's why we love him though. Right. Because he has that danger built in. Yeah. I mean, um, he doing the coffin drop on the ring apron. Uh, it's, it's going to shorten your career at some point. I'd like for him to work smarter, but man, he is on fire right now. The crowd was hot. He, I mean, they were just going crazy for him. He is the most over he's been since, you know, he's been with the company. It's working. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to sound like Jim Cornette, but, you know, slow down a little bit. You don't need to uh, you don't need to show that you could possibly break your back to to get over. You, you've got the personality, you do cool stuff, um, you know, uh, because he did that dive on the outside of the ring and he he missed by a little bit and it looked like. You know, it looked like he could have seriously gotten hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrifying, and let, and let me uh, couch that in my statement earlier. It's but he he has chosen to make this his gimmick, yeah. um, and I think that's why audiences respond to him is because it's not even like Moxley. I mean, and this is no disrespect to John Moxley, but when he talks about oh barbed wire and pain and all this stuff, like it's a little theatrical, it's a little mm-hmm. more showman. But with Darby, I truly believe Darby just. I mean, his character, I believe it. I believe he has a death wish, the way he acts. Tina Miller's asking, how do we feel about the coffin drop? It scares her. Absolutely. I mean, but I feel like it, it is scary, but it's also what's working for him. The coffin drop in the ring, I have no problem with. It's when he does it on the ring apron and misses, and he takes it. He, you know, it's like that trust fall that Kofi Kingston took at Super Showdown. It's just stupid. Uh, it's something that people aren't going to remember two months from now. Um and even if they do, does did that get you over bigger as a star? And if it didn't, then what's the point? But Darby Allen, he's got charisma. He's got he's got the look. He's got it. So um, I thought it was good showing the right finish. Sammy Guevara, he's he's tremendous. You look at the way they've been positioning him because they have Sammy Guevara Guevara lose a lot, but he's still on the ascent even while he's doing that. So I'm usually not a, a fan of you know, building people and having them lose on the way up. But this is one of those rare cases where it actually has been working. Darby really needed a win. And he got it. Yeah. Yeah. He should not have lost this match for sure. Yeah. So yeah, the coffin drop off the top rope, uh, that won it for him. Uh, Jake Hager came out to like rescue him, uh, Sammy Guevara after this match. Yeah. Did you, did you call Darby Allen the, uh, Jesse Pinkman? Yes. Uh, of yes. AEW. I totally see that. Think it every time. Yeah. For those that don't know, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. But and in fact, I mean, so to to your point, and again, I wish him the longest career possible. I would like to see them do more with him narratively because he does have that charismatic yet vulnerable vibe. That's what reminds me of that very Jesse Pinkman quality. Like, mm-hmm. like Jesse Pinkman spent most of Breaking Bad in danger of being killed, and he was a guy you thought he might get killed, but I really don't want him to get killed. Right, he's um, endearing but a drug dealer. <laughs> yes, and I think Darby could do so much more. Um, I, I wonder if it's almost going to take, and again, I don't wish this upon him, but I wonder if it's going to take an, an incident that goes too far for him to pull back a little bit. And here's the crazy part. Like 
a lot of those vignettes you see, like he directs and shoots those. This kid went to film school. He's so talented. I mean, I'm going to sound really like an old man here, but it's, I actually think that like his ability to put himself in danger, um, I know that's getting him over, but he's got so much more to offer beyond that, that I think he should just balance it out a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even that promo tonight before his entrance or just that little thing with him, like backflipping onto the skateboard. Like, I mean that he's just so freaking cool. Yeah. It's really cool. There was that one where he had the cue cards going and after a yeah. while it started to feel like a spoof. Yeah. He went a little too long, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's very creative. He's, uh, he's, his size is always going to be one of those things that could hold him back a little. Again, in AEW, that hasn't necessarily shown to be a thing yet. But uh, will people buy him against, you know, a Chris Jericho or, you know, we'll see. But he's he's got all the tools. Well, and I think, OK, so if we're going to go full circle with this, that is why the the death wish factor is his secret weapon. Why you think he would be credible against a Chris Jericho. He's willing to do anything. He's willing to do anything. I mean, right. And that there's something it's like, uh, that was always the running thing you would hear in movies and TV. Remember growing up, Raj would be like, Oh, he's small, but he looks wiry, you know, unpredictable in a fight. You know, you don't know what he's going to do. Darby's got that, uh, times a thousand. And, uh, he needed this win tonight. This was a star making match. Uh, I mean, further putting shine on, uh, him and, uh, Sammy Guevara. I think Sammy's great. Um, this, this is up there. This is one of my favorite matches of the night. And I believe someone in the chat was also saying, saying it was the shortest match of the night. I don't know. Yeah, this accomplished everything it needed to. It was great. Yeah, sometimes you don't need people to go out for 45 minutes and just kick out of everything under the sun uh, before finally getting the win. You know, well, was... like the match that followed with That's Kenny it. Omega <laughs> and Hangman Page defending their titles against the Young Bucks. Which was awesome. It was, but didn't it feel a little like self-parody of what you think all elite wrestling is? Yes exactly yes <clears throat> yeah technically fantastic tons of big moves tons of false finishes um it was really good but this was a really long freaking match and man i i, I like i was entertained this whole match but at a certain point it becomes you know a joke at how much stuff they're kicking out of it's like, well, if you could, you know, with uh, Kenny Omega and Pac last week, when they did the Brain Buster off the top rope, or was it Powerbomb Brain Buster, whatever it was, and you kick out a two, then it's like, well, shit, then that means that that move doesn't really hurt. You yeah. know, if you could get out at two, so then when you do it on the mat, how is anyone supposed to believe that that move is devastating when from the top rope, you can only get a two count? Uh, and then it tells people that aren't, you know, hardcore wrestling fans, who, hardcore wrestling fans already know it's fake, whatever. But the 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 casual fans look at it and they're like, oh, they're doing some trick that makes it so none of these moves actually hit and no one gets hurt. I just think that stuff just looks, uh, I think it just hurts overall in the long run. Yeah. But I love the story in the match. I loved uh, the dynamic between Paige and, and, and Omega. I, I tweeted out that if you told me a year ago, or if I asked you a year ago, uh, if you're going to do Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus Young Bucks, who would be the most over guy, you know, in the match, everyone would say Kenny Omega and Adam Page by far. He was super over. He just came across like a superstar. This angle is, you know, doing wonders for him. So 
So what do you make of them drawing this out, though, that here Page and Omega won? Okay, so Matt and I were both predicting the Bucks were going to take it. Omega and Page broke up. Do you think we get the rematch sooner rather than later on Dynamite so uh, Page's uh, drinking problem can cause a rift between him and Kenny that lead to a singles feud? Well, I think this is leading, you know, this is clearly leading to Omega versus Page at some point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the next pay-per-view or or what. I feel like where they are, where they're at at the storyline, you don't need to turn anyone heel. You could, you know, you could have Paige doing his thing. He's kind of this, I don't know what you call it, this alcoholic kind of loserish guy that the fans love. Um, Which is weird. So we talked about this Wednesday, right? And Matt has been very open about uh, his past issues with substance. We've had wrestlers like Jeff Hardy that have had that worked into actual storylines with page. I mean, Matt and I both agreed. It feels like an after school special version of the, I don't have a problem. You have a problem, man. Yes. Raj, you're more credible as someone with a drinking problem than Adam pages. At this point. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't, I don't see it like, I mean, it's like Steve Austin, right? Steve Austin back in the day a little different i mean i don't think anyone would say steve austin had a problem though with booze it was just part of his shit man maybe oh okay (laughs) well that was a whole other thing yeah yeah i mean it just these guys are all so good i just feel like it doesn't need this element to it i don't know it just it it feels i think this element is what's making page really i think that you know him chugging the pitcher of beer backstage yeah. and all that stuff that is what is getting him over see 13 anarchy saying it doesn't have anything to his character uh dwindler saying he's over isn't that what matters but that's um it's getting him over he wasn't Chris, over before this started christian saying it's not like the skull scott hall thing um yeah i don't know i mean i think there's a lot of other ways you could do it it's just it's not doing it for me but i feel like i'm just waiting for that next chapter to unfold because i'm in for omega versus page i just feel like the longer they drag this out um it's like a low point not of wrestling it's not a low point of wrestling let me be clear it's just a low point of storytelling i don't know i i think uh adam page was kind of dead in the water after that jericho match you know when he he had that first aew you know that was the the match for the first uh aew champion and no one was into him. He seemed like he was floundering. And now he was super hot tonight. The crowd was yeah. so into him, more than Omega. They were booing the Bucks, you know, the freaking EVPs of the company. They were booing. That's true. Him, so. uh, he well, was the most over guy in this match by far. The, he was the one that people cared about. So I think I think it's working. Yeah. And uh, actually, he's summer saying James Storm is a beer drinker. It's not an issue. I think that's the key. It's that you can do it, but the fact that they comment on it all the time, clearly it's like planting a seed, planting a seed, planting a seed, you know? He's like, I'm going to go get a drink. My cup's empty, you know? I don't know. Anyhow, it's fine. It's, you know, you you can't get down with Luchasaurus. I can't get down with Adam Page's <laughs> demon in a bottle. It's just how it goes, man. Um Anyhow, let's talk about Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander tonight for the AEW Women's World Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to love this match, especially being the only women's match on the AEW card. I feel like it's good that Nyla won, but this wasn't the smoothest or most entertaining match. Uh, yeah, I just, it felt a little off to me for some reason. Yeah, it, it, uh, it wasn't good. 
they, they tried. Um, Chris Statlander is very green. Nyla Rose is also green. Uh, Nyla Rose has shown that, you know, she's got a ton of potential. She's in there with the right opponents. Her match with Rio was great, I thought. Uh, this sucked, though. I thought this was the worst match on the show. Yeah. And I think they need to sell the alien thing more. Oh, I, God, no. They need to drop that completely. No, but I'm saying pick a side <laughs> of the road. Don't treat it like, well, she believes this or she says this, you know, or just do it offhand. Like, either go all in, man, like, no. or you just don't do it at all. No, like, I, I think one. it's embarrassing. Uh, and I think Jim Ross, there are things on this show where you could tell JR has a hard time, like, wanting to call seriously. And the maybe not tonight, but on Dynamite last week, the Chris Statlander alien stuff, you could tell he's just absolutely embarrassed by. It's stupid. I, I'm with him. Yeah, the 13 Anarchy saying the commentary is what killed it. People pointing out uh, that Chris uh, was sick all oh, week. Okay. That makes sense. And I get it. Because she's just, good. It's, it's got to be tough, man. I mean, it can't be easy for either woman to be in this position where it's the only women's match in the card. It's the only prominent women's feud in the company. And they have to sort of carry this on their shoulders with this expectation that, remember, AEW said the women's division is going to be a really big deal for us. It's going to be a huge priority. And they're... They have to like lead the charge on this like half broken promise. This women's division, it, it needs it needs work. They need to get some experienced vets in there. They need to get, um, you know, uh, gosh, who's out, who's even out there that's available? Uh, that's the problem. NXT I mean, has Tessa got a Blanchard. lot. If they can get Tessa Blanchard, that's you know. Well, I mean, I think her stock's kind of fallen in recent months. Yeah. It, it, she's, you know. No, she's great though. I mean, she's a great wrestler. And she says she didn't do any of the things that I understand. She's I understand. Of, <laughs> um, Nyla though, I thought looked really dominant, which was good. I don't think Chris looked bad. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Franchise two two one. Chris looked bad, but again, oh. I guess she was apparently sick. So yeah, uh, franchise saying, "Where was the dentist chick?" Uh, Britt Baker, notably absent tonight. Britt Baker, she's working on that character and the. You know, in my opinion, in wrestling all the time, the character is what ultimately is the biggest thing. And she's working on that. She's going to be the superstar of this division. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's her Riho, why. Or really? her and Nyla. Or Riho, Riho and Nyla had the right dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I think Riho and, and uh, I, I think Britt Baker and Riho would have that right dynamic. But Britt Baker and, and Nyla Rose, I don't see it. Well, I mean, now that Brit's a heel, it's just not. Well, you could turn Nyla babyface, and I actually think they should. Sure. Nyla uh, is so damn funny. I don't know if you yeah. ever watched the Starcast panels, the interviews she's done. Like her promos are just okay, but naturally, she's so quick-witted and so likable. And if you haven't heard her interview on Chris Jericho's podcast, you should check that out. That was like a week ago, but she's she's just so so damn likable that um, if you could get that out, I think uh, I think she's a natural babyface if you could get that out. Uh, I like Big Swole as well. Um, mm. I think there's a I lot of talent there. Yeah, yeah. I think she has a ton of potential for sure. I just It's the way they're building the stories. And it's funny because when you look at it, it is interesting when you look at who gets the most airtime week in and week out. I mean, they're really – I think a second night is going to be so, so good for AEW to really open up. Well, they story kind of have a more. second night. It's, it's, yeah. Are you going to make it seem like an important show that people are going to watch? And, you know, you can, you can have your, your velocities in those shows. If people find it skippable TV, you know, it, it, it does yeah. allow people time to perform, but if no one's watching, it doesn't do anything. 
And I think maybe part of it is that given um, what AEW has done so differently, I would really like to see what they could do with more women's storylines and trying more and differentiating themselves from what else is out there. Yeah, I mean, WWE has just done a fantastic job of signing all the top women out there. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at NXT's women's division, it's just it's unbelievable. Actually, the main roster women's division, they're not pushed like they should be. But uh, you forget, like, all the talent that's out there. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Cody versus MJF. That neck tattoo. Biggest heat heat getter. Biggest heat magnet in the business. Man. <sighs> like, oh, my God. Also, okay, so Cody's entrance, right? It's cool. He had the posse. Stephen Amell. Uh, Dustin. Oh, real quick, what would yeah. you think of the the match overall? Oh, of uh, the Cody MJF match? Yeah. No, no, the uh, the tag match. Oh, the tag match. No, I thought it was good. I mean, but again, it was sort or, of like I mean, we're going back one. But... No, I think it's it's what I expected, and I think that work. Like this is just how my brain works. Like what I would say is like, well, that's the stereotypical AEW match, right? Mm-hmm. Box versus Kenny and Page. Like I want to be surprised. And I thought I was going to be surprised by Kenny and Paige losing it and that leading to something really interesting happened. But instead, we just got like a fantastic exhibition. But yeah, that's what I expected it to be. So on a, on a scale from one to five, what would you give it? A one to five? Probably like a four. Yeah. That's why I was thinking like a, huh. a four, three and a half, four. It's really the, good. The kickouts, at, the kickouts at, at two just kind of killed it for me. I, it was, otherwise, it could have been damn close to a four and a half. But that's... Um, but again, and this is just where I come from on everything. I don't care how great the wrestling is. If there's no storyline or mm-hmm. swerve or something, I mean, that's why I don't watch real sports because I really don't care just about true athletic competition. Yeah. You got to bring in that comic book element, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyhow. So yeah, let's talk about MJF versus uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, man, like, I thought this was Cody's to win. I liked the way they ended it. Right? With uh, Cody getting punched by MJF with the diamond ring on. uh, And then just basically passing out on top of him. But there were so many good spots in this match. I mean, from uh, the blood to the whipping to everything that happened outside the ring. Like, you tweeted about this. I mean, talk about storyline. Like, this is a fantastic, fantastic storyline. And I like that they they're going to be able to keep it going now, given the way it ended. I thought the storyline leading into this match was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt like they did everything that they were supposed to do in this match, but it just never clicked. Um, I think part of it for me was Cody's neck tattoo. Cody has this <laughs> giant tattoo on his neck that's legitimate. It's not fake. It's a real tattoo that he got on his neck. Um, that is like... I got to find a photo of this. If someone didn't watch the pay-per-view, if you haven't seen this, um, this is not like some subtle little thing. No, it's not like uh, that dream tattoo on his chest. This was, this was friggin' nasty. Oh my gosh. Um, it just, I mean, it was distracting like, the whole match. I was just like, oh my God, what? He, you can't wipe that off. It takes a long time to take that stuff off. So. Like, and that's, and if it was fake, like, Regardless, why do this to yourself? There we go. Um, and something that's going to distract, right? I mean, uh, I guess the positive version of this, what do they call it? Peacocking. When you do something that's like a big attention getter 
and that draws the eye. This is like, yes, yes, it's exactly (laughs) flipping the script. This isn't the wrong way because Cody is a very, very handsome man. This is a nightmare family logo. Um, It's a badass logo. He, but on the back of his shoulder or something, it yeah, big cool back tattoo, Affleck, st- Affleck style. Like, uh, but this, I mean, far be it for me to question another person's life decisions. God knows I made a lot of questionable ones. I have a lot of photos of me with unfortunate haircuts, but this is why I never got a tattoo yeah. because it can go so horribly wrong. I've been thinking about getting one too, but, uh, well, here's your top contender, why. <laughs> big nightmare family right on your neck. <laughs> Oh man, that was that was hideous. So I, oof. Um, God bless Brandy for allowing that. Um, Fun times games with the super chat. The tattoo so gross. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Dwindler saying, "I wish they went with the HBK versus Y2J finish with Brandy." Um, the point in that match where I almost thought it looked almost like Arn Anderson was going to hit Brandy with a chair. Like yeah. he did that slow him walking. Uh, it, it, they they are throwing those teases in for Arn Anderson eventually turning on Cody or or something happening there, but um, yeah, I mean the match was it was everything it should have been, but it just never I just felt like it never really got going. It was it was fine. I want to start the GoFundMe as John P is saying. Let's start this for Tampa Bay, everyone. Raj Geary gets a wrestling ink tattoo on his chest. We can all go down there in Tampa, Raj, after we go to Rick's on the River and watch you get this. All right, yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> what about a tattoo of Ryback on like your oh, bot mm-hmm. <laughs> Neo Kira. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we keep it's like a tramp stamp on his neck. <laughs> <sighs> and Adonde Estas saying he should put a tat on his forearm. Yes, absolutely. Uh oh, interesting. Uh Ben Frake since 93. Super chat. First three matches had Canadian destroyers made it less cool. Uh yeah. Now the Canadian destroyer, it's a destroyer from Canada, not a destroyer of Canadians. All right. Very important to differentiate. And, and uh Petey Williams, who made the move famous, he had even tweeted that it that move is not supposed to be a transition move. It's supposed to be a finisher, but no one uh no one uses it for a finisher anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this match with Cody and MJF, I thought absolutely paid off the storyline. I think they could pause it for now. I think they could keep it going. Um, I, th- I thought this was really good, and I thought the finish was good. And it's and this this is the reason why I know people might be like, still talking about the tattoo because it's it's so distracting that they had like this perfect perfect thing tonight in every other aspect, but it was right there. You know, as uh, as uh, Lance Morris would say, it was a black fly in your Chardonnay. Just it was it was perfect, and this just oh, it just irks me. Yeah. You know, Cody loves his father. He loves his family. But I just think this <laughs> interested is a bad where this move. is going. This is a uh, bad move. <laughs> it would have been better if it was a big portrait of Dusty. But on not his just neck that he's that a, he's an executive now. He's going to be in business meetings. And... Oh, he's not going to be able to get a job. No one's going to want to hire him. With well, the next no, but you know. In a business meeting, negotiating a pay-per-view deal or something, that's, I don't know. I'm not ink-shaming, but. <laughs> that's a generational that thing, too. I mean, Raj, we both grew up. Did you always get that? Like, if you get to, if you do get a tattoo, don't get it anywhere it's visible. No one will hire you for a job. No, it's not that. You can do tattoos. That's fine. Sure. That one, 
Okay. Well, we'll do, let's move on. But it, it's, it's a, we could literally talk about this for an hour. Um, yes, just, yes. It's okay, a midlife yeah. crisis, dude. Buy a car. Yeah, get some blue shoes. Do something Cody else. should have wore MJF scarf. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So let's be a little equal opportunity here. What was MJF wearing coming out to the ring? It almost looked like it was like Piper's kilt turned into a, a robe or something. It. He did not. That did not work. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate. Um, MJF. He's uh, he's awesome. Uh, absolutely. He plays this role to perfection. He's that old school heel. That's it's hard to find these days, and he just. I mean, he just kills it. So uh, I thought it was great. I thought the the finish was perfect. It, you know, it should have been MJF winning. And uh, yeah, I, I liked it overall. I mean, the match itself, it did, I, I felt like it didn't fully click. It's one of those three stars, which on this pay-per-view, because there was so much good, it probably came across as a little underwhelming, but it was still good. Well, and I think that, uh, again, storyline is everything, right? And if it had been storyline in a five-star match. Yeah fantastic but for storyline it worked very well uh so let's talk about my main event of the evening my most coveted match pack versus orange cassidy Mm what did you think of this i thought it was awesome (laughs) you know so good i know uh, orange cassidy he's one of those that's a uh, a divisive figure but the aew crowd loves him i thought this match was just booked perfectly um it was enough silly, but not to where, like, if Pac was selling those weak leg kicks, that's one thing. But he wasn't. And uh, I just thought this was awesome. This clicked with the audience. The, the crowd was on fire. Crowd it was, was fun to watch. This. And this was one of those that you could watch with your friends. And some of them would be like, yes, this is, what, what the hell are you watching? And others would be entertained and be like, what, you know, this is, this is interesting. So um, I liked it. If nitpicky, mm-hmm. I didn't like Orange Cassidy corpsing a little bit and smiling and sort of breaking the character a little bit. I don't think he meant to. I know, but I get it. I get, I mean, it was genuine. Yeah, yeah. You could tell that he was really just so stoked to get this reaction from the crowd. Um, but this was really good, man. This guy, uh, this guy is a star. This guy, I think, is a ratings draw. This guy, uh, Look at where they put this tonight. Actually, this on paper seemed like the cooldown match in between Cody and MJF. And it was almost in the death slot. And it got the crowd so pumped. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hold on a sec. There's a comment here I wanted to put on. Uh... And it's interesting because I'm looking at this in the uh, in the chat here. And it's, you know, all the same thing. I mean, we'll dwindle over with the super chat saying the three moves, uh, shades, hands, pockets, and the roof blew off. Uh, but yeah, Gabriel Martinez, my favorite AEW wrestler. Tammy, this was so good. Benny Lini, amazing match. Uh, Boston, this guy's so entertaining regardless of his moveset. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long uh, this gimmick can keep going. But I think that tonight, the fact he wrestled a match with Pac, and it was like technically a uh, great match. Mm-hmm. and also just the entertainment factor like this was like a four and a half star on the entertainment scale and like a three and a half star on the technical level um this was so good i love this yeah i mean I, this is the one match i'm going to show my wife tonight you know <laughs> off the air uh yeah. it was fun it was but fun I, it's one of those that if i explain this to someone they would think it was so stupid but if they watch it it's so entertaining and 
I think AEW has just done a tremendous job with Orange Cassidy and not overexposing him. This was his first singles match after months and months and months. Um, so I think they've done a great job with him. And I thought this was, this worked. I thought it was, and this was one of those cases um, where Pac should have gotten the win. He shouldn't have lost, but Orange Cassidy still got over. He still got to the next level. Kind of the, like the anti uh, Brock Lesnar and Ricochet. You know? I thought it was weird that they did him with the tap out. Now I didn't see the tap clearly. I think the can the hand he was tapping with wasn't on camera, but I don't know. I, I would like to believe Orange Cassidy would tap out in character with the most half-assed, half-energy tap. <laughs> um, at least it makes the move real, like he's yeah. actually in pain. So you come but, alive for that. This was so good, man. I mean, That's seriously, awesome. like I'm gonna watch it again. Like I said, with my wife uh, after we're done. This After is we're a... done with the scrums. We got, yeah. Check yeah. out wrestlinginc.com afterwards. We're we're live at the scrums. We're gonna have tons of news and everything from it. Uh, yeah. The the screen pictures when his entrance, the handwriting, just everything about this kid. He so him, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, um, MJF. These are people. I don't care what the TV show is. I don't care if wrestling is even involved in the show. I would tune in every week to watch a show featuring these guys. You could do a reboot of The Office with these characters. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, give that a try. You know, um, like, I don't care what it is. These characters are so damn engaging. And Pac was a perfect opponent for Orange Cassidy tonight to where he could really show that this guy can actually, actually wrestle. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Was one, definitely one of the highlights of the show. Oh, geez. <laughs> Who are these? Some of these people. It's like, what the hell? Our chat room is the best. <laughs> um, oh, I did not see uh, Evil Uno doing the delete motion tonight. Oh, I, I missed that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, good on AEW for trolling people if that's what we're expecting. But I would love to see uh, Matt Hardy show up on Wednesday. So Pack won that by submission, uh, submission. Let's talk about the main event. Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. Santana and Ortiz were ringside. Uh both of these entrances, Moxley arriving through the audience, but we saw him walking in through the front of the arena uh, was fantastic. The choir singing Judas was fantastic. This was such a hot main event. This was such a hot match. Um, I love the use of blood in this match. I love the rope-a-dope with Moxley pulling off the eye patch um, at the end. I mean, let's talk about the match itself first rather than the outcome, Raj. I mean, what, what did you think of this given how this has been built up even more than MJF versus Cody was? Um, I, I, well, first off, I thought the entrances were great. Like it just makes Jericho look like a larger in life superstar. Um, yeah, I thought I, I, I loved it. Like it just Jericho just, he just is hitting all the right notes right now. He's just on another level. Um, the match itself I thought was fine. Um, you know, again, I think this, the audience, after a while, they get numb with all the false finishes. So there was that spot late in the match where the, you know, where Moxley or Sammy Guevara hit, was it, he hit Moxley with the belt, Jericho covered him, and then Moxley kicked out at two, and it didn't get the reaction that you would think it did, um, you know, for a false finish in a championship match. But, you know, when Moxley won the match, huge pop, uh, I, I, it, there's so many different ways you could go. I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was really damn good ultimately overall. When you look at the storyline elements, the finish, and and uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, what do you make with them putting the belt on Moxley now? 
you know, I thought Jericho was doing such a great job with it that I felt like he could have gone a really long time with it. So I'm, you know, I mean, who who is there right now for him? I mean, there's Jericho, um, Cody, but Cody he had that stiff where he can't challenge for the title. MJF think, versus Moxley would be pretty good. Yeah, MJF. Actually, yeah. Uh, Phil DePain saying, is Jericho taking a break? I feel like they should have kept the title on him a little longer. Uh, I agree. I don't, people were saying Fozzie's got a tour starting up in spring. Maybe, uh, but it's not like he can't fly in on Wednesdays. Right, exactly. He, he uh, Well, he usually does uh, leave wrestling when he's going on tour. But you know yeah, what, yeah, though? April, April, he's going on tour, so... Good for him if he's in a supporting role and they give some of the other inner circle members prominent storylines and Jericho is involved but isn't wrestling or front and center in the feud. I think that would be good for all those other talents. Um, but with Mox, man, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to fantasy book this entire thing, but I think he should give Darby Allen a title shot just for TV. I think that'd be a great main event where he can retain and put Darby over even more. Maybe Sammy, but MJF, though, yeah, I think they could do something really special with those guys. Especially think back to um, how Dean Ambrose would sort of do the like take no bullshit elements of his character. I think with MJF, that could just be really good. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, so real quick, the uh, the Fozzie tours are April 16th to May 9th. So, yeah, he's going to be gone for about a month. Uh, but, you know, in, in wrestling land, that's that's not that long. And we are getting the, uh, as Joey Dorgen's putting out, we are getting the Blood and Guts edition of Dynamite. Okay. The Inner Circle versus the Elite in a War Games match. They didn't announce that part, but that does Well, I thought sense. they said, I thought that's what they said with the Steel Cage. I thought it was two rings, Steel Cage over it, you know yeah. the rest. Yeah, so it's going to be a War Games match. They didn't yeah. say Inner Circle versus the Elite. Right? Maybe that's just speculation. Um, but the the Blood and Guts announcement. Yeah, so it's actually called Blood and Guts. They had trademarked that a while ago. Obviously, that's a Vince McMahon comment that Vince McMahon made on a conference call where he said uh, he doesn't think that TNT will appreciate... A, the type of blood and guts wrestling that AEW is doing. And, you know, they, they took that and turned it into an event name. I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think piggybacking off of WWE or taking their comments and, and spinning it, it's cute, but I think you need to be above that. Like not make it seem like that's a blip on your radar in a way. And, and naming an event after that, I don't know. It works with that audience, but at the same time, if you want to become a big organization like WWE right now, you know, and it, with wrestling, it's the NFL. If you want to be the NFL, you don't piggyback off of stuff like that. That's true. Um, I think that Moxley winning this with uh, pinfall tonight was a good ending to the match. I'm actually surprised. Uh, well, I guess the inner circle tried to interfere. They uh, knocked them out. I think elite versus the inner circle would be great. That, oh, that paves the way for uh, Moxley to do something fresh. Moxley and MJF can exist and the inner circle and the elite can uh, feud now. It'll be interesting because I think AEW is doing what they can to make stars, you know, yeah. we see with Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara. When I hear Moxley versus Sammy or Moxley versus MJF, I just feel like MJF's not there yet. It doesn't really excite me. That doesn't sound like a pay-per-view main event. I feel like they still got a ways to go. 
Dwindler with the super chat saying Mox winning tonight really meant something uh, to him. Yeah, it's, I mean, so we were talking about this earlier. Um, his, uh, it was a year and a month since it was confirmed he was leaving WWE. And look at his journey since then. Yeah. So this was cool tonight, man. I really dug it. Um, I do think they have, I, I am a little more optimistic about what they can do by putting these talents in the main event. I think Santana and Ortiz, if that's what happens when the War Games match and the tag titles get put on the line, Santana and Ortiz beating Paige and Omega would be a great way to shift uh, things a little bit. Yeah, I'm not so concerned about who gets the titles as much as where they go with the story. As long as it yeah. takes Adam Page to the next level because it seems to be working. Uh, I think that's bigger right now. But um, yeah, whoever takes the titles off them, uh, you know, Santana Ortiz would be great. Lucha Brothers, I mean, those guys are awesome. But It was good, man. Tonight was a good pay-per-view. I don't know if it was $50 good. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was It was fun. It's, it's uh, Of the AEW pay-per-views, I thought it was... I don't know. Probably, I mean, they've all been really good. So it's kind of, it might sound like I'm crapping on them, but I thought it was the worst of all of them, but it was still oh. really good. So you heard it here headline Raj Geary said Revolution was the worst <laughs> AEW pay per view ever of all time. Yes. But it was really good. <laughs> I'd it was it, really good. I'd give it three and a half stars. Yeah. No, it's like you can have the the least nice mansion on your block, but it's still a mansion. That's like takeovers, right? Those takeovers yeah. are always really solid shows. And when you have a bad one, it's usually still like a, a three It's and still a half really good. Show. It's just not the best. Right. So there you have it. Uh, oh, really? The, the yeah. uh, Real quick, the promo afterwards at uh, Moxley Cut. Yeah. So, you know, he, he was talking about how AEW listens to the fans. The title victory was for his fans. They started his music. He dropped the f bomb, and then uh, he's gonna drop some, drink some whiskey, and then left, and the music went back on. So you could tell, like, this is a big deal to him. He wants to do everything he can to use him being champion to elevate the company, the title, and uh, and go to the next level. What a difference! A year ago, he uh, didn't want to touch the crowd and was getting shots and wearing gas masks to the ring. There you go. And now most over baby face loves the crowd. The most important, what do you say? The most important aspect of the AEW of AEW is you, the fans. He's over. I, I do see some warning signs. Uh, Peter Bahi with the super chat saying, which AEW star will be the first to WWE? Uh, I asked this, was there something, there was a rumor that Mox had an out in his contract. I assume he's not taking it based on tonight. I but hear that. do you think, uh, We've got to be at least a year or two away before anyone can leave AEW and go to WWE. Well, they let um, oh, Kylie um, Rowe. Yeah, Kylie. Sorry. Yeah, they let her go. Um, AEW today. It's too early to say. I mean, they've only been doing weekly TV for four months now. So, I mean, Joey Janela. If you listen to his uh, interview on wrestling, he, he didn't sound all that thrilled. <laughs> he, yeah, he was pretty frustrated that his match with Kip Sabian. So check out the wrestling Inc daily subscribe on iTunes. Um, we had an interview with him earlier this past week and he was not pleased that his match with Kip Sabian was moved to AEW dark felt like it should have been on the pay-per-view. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I can't see anyone right now wanting to go to WWE in AEW. And in the media scrums, it was confirmed by Tony Khan that Colt Cabana has signed with AEW. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, Stephen Amell tonight, he's got that new wrestling show he's doing for stars coming out in a couple months. It's yeah, going to be exciting. Right. It's going to be uh, scripted. I think it's called Heels. Yeah. It's about uh, two brothers running a terror as the top stars in a territory yeah. promotion. Um, so, uh, before we wrap Michael Edwards with the super chat saying miss yesterday's show, they messed up the fiend badly protect him, drop it in the elimination chamber, all five guys to take him out Thanos style, like the Avengers. Uh, what do you, what do you think Raj? I'm sure you're going to give the business perspective on Goldberg <laughs> well, going it, over it, the fiend. It's the 50, 50 thing. Like I felt like the fiend shouldn't have had the title to begin with yet. They should have been building his character much like they did with the undertaker. And then down the road, once it's established, it's this badass character. Then he gets the world title. It's a big deal by putting the world title on him right away. You're booked into that corner where who beats him and how does he lose? Cause he's going to lose at some point. So he shouldn't have had it in the first place, but from a business move, I think this makes WrestleMania a lot better as far as having if your choices were Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the title and the Fiend versus John Cena and the other choice. And these were the only two choices you could pick from. The other choice was Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns for the title and then John Cena versus Elias. To me, it's a no brainer. And, yeah. and Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. It did nothing for me. The way they set up Bray versus Cena last night, though, I think it was oh, the it stupidest, stupidest setup ever. Oh, my gosh. It sucked. I mean, for Cena to go from I, I'm stepping back, I'm letting these guys take the spotlight to, okay, I'll take that match. And his scared face, he looked like a buff version of Ernest from Ernest Goes to Camp and Ernest Scared Stupid with his, huh? what? why can't WWE, why can't they do storylines anymore? I know. Why can't no. they do some give a reason why Bray is out there challenging him and shouldn't have been out there. Bray should not have been out there in the bright lights pointing at the goddamn sign. He should sign. not be pointing at the sign. Yeah, it's oh my god. It, 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 I hated everything about that. So terrible, especially because it's you to your point. The storyline's there. He could do a better, a better version of what AJ tried to do in that feud by saying, like, I was one of the young talents sacrificed to you before, yeah. and now this is your reckoning. Yeah, or Bray just, you know, he's back with his red sweater and he's like, I need to, I I shouldn't have lost. I need to, re, you know, reinvent myself in the wacky way he does. And then you see the picture of Cena on the wall with the eyes cut out and, you yeah. know, just a little subtle tease and, and just go from there. Or this Bray, like in all red gear, like Cena-esque gear. They could have done so much fun stuff. And I'm hoping, we were talking about it, I'm sure they will do some parodies of Cena in the coming weeks. They'd better, but they got to get Bray back to being creative again and not just phoning it in. Dwindler uh, is pointing out, in 12 months, AEW has built unknown wrestlers and great stories matches. In the same 12 months, WWE has buried wrestlers again and killed stories. I mean, it is unfortunate but it does feel like every time they get a good thing going, it's just not enough for Vince. And he goes back to his uh, playbook of bad yeah. ideas. No, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I do like this WrestleMania card better, but Bray should not, when you you're building Bray up, he should not have lost to Goldberg. That being said with the way they booked everything, I felt like that was the right move, even though, but that's more the problems with WWE. Not like I felt like Bray was doing a bad job or anything. I just, you know, it's it's just one of those things where they book themselves into a corner. Bray hasn't been kicking, you know, knocking it out of the park as champion. No. I feel like he's. No, they've been phoning it in since 
at least the last four months. Just with the red lighting mm-hmm. and the Hell in the Cell ending and then the sound effects during promos when he's going back and forth. And it's boing, boing, Michael boing. McFarlane saying, fine, point to the sign. But when he pointed at it, the sign should have lit on fire. Ooh, Absolutely. Cool. 100%. Awesome. 100%. They just need to try. Uh, I just look at when Bray, you go back and watch Bray versus Finn at SummerSlam. That was so awesome. Yeah. And then they just pissed that away. Absolutely. Dwindler saying, before we go, Sting in AJ's corner versus Taker or not? No. That makes no sense. Why would Uh, Sting, who's a baby face, be in the heels corner? And they've never teased anything with Sting versus an Undertaker. Why all of a sudden, you know, and that's not going to lead to a match. So there's no way. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, 48 hours. Less than 48 hours from now. We'll be back to talk all about Real WWE. Real quick. Um, yeah. I know ROH is kind of off a lot of people's radar right now, but uh, Roosh recaptured the ROA, ROH World Championship tonight. He defeated PCO and Mark Haskins in St. Charles, Minnesota. So Interesting. Or Missouri, how was, Missouri, sorry. How was attendance for that, given that, AEW's fan base seems like ROH's fan base. Oh, uh, I mean, ROH attendance has been pretty bad. Over That's what I'm years. saying. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't even say their, you know, their uh, fan bases are the same anymore. It's uh, ROH is in a tough spot, but they are. Uh, it looks like they're trying to make the right moves. They are working with New Japan again. Uh, they're doing the War of the Worlds tour again. So. We'll see. But uh, yeah, new ROH world champion. PCO is no longer the champ. There you have it, folks. Monday night, we'll be back here to talk all about Monday Night Raw. And we'll still be in the afterglow of AEW. So I'm assuming, what, maybe 50% of the podcast will be talking about Revolution? Another 50% about Raw? We'll see. Oh, yeah. If Raw is good, yeah. then more. If Raw is good, 100%. <laughs> if Raw is good, 90% Raw. Yeah, but if yeah. it's bad, it's going to be all about talking about what you heard us talk about tonight, but with Matt Morgan. Uh, until next time, he's at Rajgiri underscore 303. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.